Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. I don't know what my life would be like without wrestling. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's five percent of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gents, welcome back to Wrestling Changed My Life. This is Ryan Warner, your host with the most echo today. <laughs> I'm at a Starbucks and the echo and background is horrendous, so please forgive. But as you know, I record a lot of these intros when I'm on the road for my day job. My guest today is Zach Sanders. Zach is a Minnesota legend, five-time high school state champ, four-time All-American for the Gophers, and he's now an assistant coach there. One of the gems of the wrestling community, as good a guy as you'll find, and I can't wait for you folks to hear Zach's story. Fan of the week goes to Ryan Miller. He's the owner of Miller Cattle Company, representing South Dakota, you and Lincoln McAravey representing out there. And last but not least, if you want to hear more from the podcast, please follow us on social, Wrestling Changed My Life on Instagram. Then on Twitter, it's Ryan underscore N underscore Warner. And of course, you can go to WrestlingChangedMyLife.com for merch, past episodes, and videos. That's it, folks. Let's give it up for the king of Wabasha, Minnesota, Zach Sanders. We'll just keep rolling into the interview. We got a good thing going, so, and I'll, I can cut all this out or cut okay. part, certain parts out. But we'll just keep rolling. So, so we're here with Zach Sanders, Minnesota coach. You're on the road today. Is that right up at Sparty, Michigan State? Yep, Michigan State tonight. Um, and then on Sunday we will wrestle Michigan. Excellent. And we were just talking. You know, there's a big tournament going on uh, in Rome this weekend or near Rome, and you know, you are still, I believe, you're still active on the senior circuit. I know you're not wrestling yep. this weekend, but you got back from a tournament in Dagestan in the fall. Give us a little insight into what it's like going over there and wrestling uh, in the heart of wrestling at Dagestan. Um, it was awesome. It was like, I think they have a really big appreciation for the sport of wrestling. So for someone like me, like I'm in the same boat, you know, so I just think it's amazing just to be there. And, and then honestly, when we were there, I like would go and watch little kids practices too, just to try and pick up stuff here and there. And it was like, you know, it was interesting. It was different, but it was uh, very cool and just to see where other people come from and stuff, you know. How like was that. Little Kids practice different from how one you would run? Um, I don't know if it was too much different. Um, I think over there, I think they have a little less structure, you know, like that's kind of part of their development, I feel like, is just they kind of learn things on their own and when they learn it, they absorb it, you know. Like I think sometimes over here, 
we a little bit too much or like trying to make them like do this for a warm up and that for a warm up and or put them through this drill or that drill and and they're very like you know like they pick up things from each other I think and you know I they definitely did like like a a good warm up every day you know like a 20 minute warm up of like gymnastics and stuff like that but um other than that I feel like you know they they definitely didn't have as much structure as we had is what I felt like would they bring them together and drill or not even that at that young age? Um, they would. Um, they would definitely – it was more like positions. they go over a position, I felt like. You know, it wasn't like a, a head room. outside single, yeah, and drive across or something like that. It was more like the position and the concepts of the position, I, I felt like, you know. And honestly, that's kind of like how I try to, to coach a little bit is is not so much like you have to do this or that or this or that. But it's more like, you know, get where you're strong and then, you know, have a plan from there. And if that doesn't work, what can I flow into the next thing, you know? It's interesting. I think I was talking to Max Askren recently. He's kind of a similar thought process of positions and situations based off that versus Mm -hmm. a scripted doing a, you know, head pose to a high C to a double, right? Kind of more so situations within positions you're good at. Um I mean, and so when you're over there, do you get to go to the senior level practices as well, or are you wrestling with your own team when you're over in Dagestan? Um, so that's the tough part about just going over there for a tournament is a lot of times you're just getting ready for the event. You know, you're like getting your weight down and you're trying to stay fresh and and uh, focused on yourself. So when I was there, like we would, I'd go at like eight and watch little kids practice. And then at 10 a.m. is usually when our team would be on the mat, like the USA guys together. And then in the afternoon, they'd have like a practice for like all the guys. And and sometimes I go and watch that too, but I never really actually participate in that because I was just trying to stay really fresh. You know, I didn't want to. Yeah. That That's the nice thing about going overseas for an extended period of time, I think, is, you know, you don't have to worry about competition or staying there after a competition. You can just go to every practice and just try and learn everything you possibly can, you know. God, so when you're so just the, fun, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. It's it's pretty cool just being there and, and like I said, I still watch just to try and learn, you know. I think that's like one of the best ways to learn, but again, I would like to participate in all those extra practices too, but Yeah. It's got to be cool to go over there, man. It's one of my dreams to go to either Dagestan or Osetia and, and just absorb it and you know, mm-hmm. maybe uh, maybe get some interviews while I'm in over there. It's like every part yeah. of the world you feel like there's a good chance someone speaks English, but from what I heard, nobody in that region speaks English, <laughs> other wrestlers. None of them do. Yeah. I I feel like the, all the places I've been, they speak a little English. It's not very good, but everyone knows a little English, and I'm like, man, I don't know any Russian. You know, <laughs> and, and even when you're there, they don't even speak Russian. They'll speak their native language so it's like man. how many languages some of those guys know i don't it's probably very impressive you know i'm fascinated by that region it's just in- insane how deep it is and there's guys i know we've never heard of that are just world caliber probably and they're like third fourth mm-hmm. string you know i mean you i'm sure you know that from us yeah. on there yeah for sure i mean like even in the u.s i feel like it's it's very similar i mean we're yeah. getting pretty deep as a country too you know and now there's only six weights but it's like everybody's pretty dang good that's still wrestling at this age, you know? So the margin for error is so small. So it's like some guy that might be third or fourth string, you know, he like on a good day, he could be the number one guy. I feel like, you know, so it's, I feel like it's very similar here. 
it's a great time. I mean, and you've seen it transform over the years. I mean, when you were you know, coming up through the circuits, you know, the youth circuits, that's when I think JB might have beat Sarah Goose for the first time in like 2010, 2011. So that was kind of the turning point. But I mean, you see the big transition. But let's go back to when you got involved, man. You grew up in a wrestling household. Is mm-hmm. it is it true that you and your brother have 10 state titles? Yep. Me Freaking and my brother nuts. both won five state titles in Minnesota. So, yeah, it's it's been quite a ride, the sport of wrestling, man. It's it's given me a lot of opportunities, and I'm pretty thankful for that. For that. So is your pops a wrestler? Yeah, he wrestled. He started wrestling probably, I don't know, like eighth or ninth grade. And, you know, back then it's like it was so primitive, you know. It's not <laughs> like there's any, like, YouTuber or whatever, you know. He had a new coach every year because that guy would be going to Vietnam or something. So, you know, he he learned a lot of wrestling just by watching, he said. And, uh, you know, he, he made it to state his senior year of high school. And that was a pretty big deal because he's from a small, small town. Mm-hmm. And um, they – only had one class back then. You know, me and my brother both have five state titles, but there's three classes. Mm-hmm. And back then there was just one class. And so, you know, he he really loved it. And I think that's kind of the reason that we got so involved in it too is because, you know, he had a passion for it and he wanted to give us as many opportunities that probably he felt like he didn't quite get, you know. Right. So. Did he wrestle in college or did he go into the job market and then had you guys? Yeah, he – he wrestled at um, U of M Morris. It's uh, it was a, I think I believe it was NAIA at the time. Okay. They don't have wrestling anymore, but he wrestled there, and you know he um. After that, he got into he was a teacher and a coach, and and then he had us. So just kind of took it as far as he could. How yeah. how much uh, older are your is your brother from you? He's four years older than me. Okay. Yep. So he hey, was I like, saw that. I saw your mug there. I know, I man. That's, on it. That's We're gonna criminal. have to get you a go for wrestling one of those. Dude, I would love to, man. <laughs> I know. I uh, it's it's the only insulated one I have, and I I drink no, coffee just, all day, man. <laughs> it's, I'm just kidding. No, I uh, I have. I, I've wondered if people are gonna give me shit before. And I'm I'm glad <laughs> you did, man. So you grew up, man. Growing up in Minnesota, you had to be just a freaking gopher maniac your whole life, right? Because Minnesota yeah. was really good when you were when you were coming up as a team. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I remember being a little kid, and the Gophers were really starting to turn the corner at that at that time. I believe 2001 was the first year they won it, and I was actually a sixth grader. And my dad went every year to nationals and stuff. And I remember he'd take my brother and stuff. And he's like, yeah, you're not quite old enough, Zachary, you know, stuff like that. And then Minnesota ended up winning it that year. And I was like, he felt, I think, really bad that he didn't bring me along just because I I didn't see it. The next year it was in New York. And then he flew me out there. And I remember I got to go. And that was the first year I went. And that was like when Kale Sanderson won his fourth. Um, The Gophers won their second team title in a row. And it was it was a really cool time. So, yeah, I mean, I was definitely um, a Gopher fan for sure. But I still liked all the quality wrestling. You know, like I still like watching the Oklahoma State guys or even the Iowa guys. Like we get to the dual meets early, like the Gopher matches. I'd go to them when I was a kid, and I'd I remember my favorite part. I think was watching everyone warm up. Same. And it was like crazy, like how like wow, that's you know these people that you'd read about, you know, because we didn't have YouTube back then or Flow Wrestling. So it was like that's whoever and whoever and you know that's Dan Gable and 
I remember just, you know, being like, just in awe. I'm like, man, I hope I can be that good someday. <laughs> Dude, I always say the uh, first big event I ever went to was the 2004 Olympic team trials. My mom took me for my birthday present and I would sneak and it was at the RCA dome in Indy. So the, like the section, like the banner ended at the 50 yard line. And on the other side of it was the warm-up mats. And I would sneak behind mm-hmm. there and watch. I'm like, holy shit, Joe Williams is drilling with, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I enjoyed the warm-ups always just as much as the matches, dude. Yeah, for sure. It's awesome. Who were some That's- of the big, uh, like, wrestling influences when you were in middle school that you idolized? Like, for me, it was Mark Perry. When he came to yeah. Iowa and his, and his uncle was John Smith, I was like, That's yeah. so badass. I was obsessed with Mark Perry. Yeah. Well, you know, there's quite a few people. I mean, I remember a lot of little guys you know, that I really looked up to just because I knew I was probably going to be small, you know, like, I don't know. Honestly, it, it like, I, I actually really liked watching the brands when I was a kid. Like I, so there's like this video that my dad had It's called competitor Supreme. I love that video. Okay. And I, just I was got a little, the rights to stream it on my website actually last week. Really? Yeah. And I remember being a little kid and my dad showed me that and all I would like fast forward through it just for like the action highlight parts. And then I'm like, Oh, what is he doing there? Oh, he just ran that guy over. I'm like, so it made me want to wrestle like really intense and, and hardcore. And it wasn't just them, but like other people too. Like I remember Chad Zapril in there had some sweet attacks in there. And, um, you know, and then when I got a little older, obviously like Steven Abbas and stuff, I'm like, oh. wow, this guy can move, man. This guy is guys like that. I, I love watching. So Leroy Vega was always uh, pretty impressive yep. to me, dude. Yep. I went to all the Minnesota camps when I was a kid, the Jay Robinson technique camps. And, you know, so I'd be around Vega and stuff. And obviously I looked up to him a lot just because he was the little guy on the team. And I knew I was going to be a little guy. So it was awesome. But you remember that thing ESPN did? It was called the season. They did it on Iowa. And that was the year that (laughs) I don't know if Minnesota won, but they they did better than Iowa, and it was like Luke Eustace, who's a Minnesota guy, against yep. Vega in the duel, and Vega won, and it was like a huge deal. And I remember that scene of Leroy Vega shaving his head before the match, like getting mm-hmm. ready for a battle. I'm like, that guy's so tough, dude. Yeah. That must have been the year Minnesota won because before that, before Luke Eustace was Jody Stripmatter, and uh, that was who, like, kind of who Vega's – nemesis was was jody strip matter i feel like you know so okay. they, they battle a lot and strip matter would usually win i think but i remember one time in a duel vega won and it was like a big deal and it was awesome so big deal and like you had lawrence and mike zadick like that yep. was, god those were some good matches dude yeah for sure man it was it was an awesome time to like be part of minnesota wrestling like as a little kid and as a fan and uh i think that was a big reason honestly that made me really want to wrestle for the University of Minnesota. It was just, you know, that group of guys and, like, like their, like, brotherhood and, like, you know, and I was around them a lot, too. Like, even as a little kid, i go to camps or i go to the high flyers and stuff, and a lot of those guys would be coaching. So I, like, was kind of in with them even when I was just a little guy. So was Mike – did Mike Thorne's dad coach high flyers? Yeah, he was, you know, he was, like, one of the people that was really involved but I don't remember him actually running like the practices. Okay. Like so, I remember like Marty Morgan. He was um, your coach. Yeah, Marty Morgan, <laughs> Brandon Egham. When I would be like a little kid, Brandon Egham was running the high flyer practices, and um, Chad Erickson. I remember. Um, who else? 
those three all oh, Brandon Paulson too. So those four guys I remember running high flyer practices all the time when I was a little kid. And uh was that at the Minnesota Room? Um at the time it was in the Wyzetta wrestling room. So Wyzetta is a suburb of the cities okay. and it was yeah, so it was in the high school wrestling room of Wyzetta. And uh yeah, just a lot of good memories there too and that's kind of when I got to know everybody, you know, like um on a personal level a little bit more like the Thorns and and um, all those other guys that end up being my college coaches, which is kind of crazy. And then when do you think the first time you ever heard the name Jay Robinson? Oh, man. I mean, I remember the name when I was really, really young. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, when, when the Gophers were like started winning NCAAs and stuff, they're like, Jay Robinson's doing this and that at the U of M and you know, I honestly, at that point, like I knew exactly what he looked like. He's very distinct, you know, mm-hmm. but, and I go to his camp. So he'd always like, you know, have motivational talks at his camp. So that was kind of like, I don't know. He probably didn't know who I was, right? but I, I, I definitely knew who he was when I was younger. So, and then when was the first time he came to the Sanders household for recruiting trip? If he did at all? Um, he definitely did, but I mean, I already knew him pretty well, I think by that time. Okay. Um, when he came on a visit to our house, I was actually already verbaled. Okay. So I remember, you know, sitting down and talking with him a few times, just, you know, kind of randomly or running into him. And, um, you know, he's just so interesting to talk to. I'm like, this guy knows everything about life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and he's got so many stories. And I knew that from those camps. And I was like, some of the stories he told us when I was a kid, I'm like, no way that's real. You yeah. know what I mean? Do like, you remember any of them? Well, one of them was about he was living in Iowa, and he um he went to, like, a bar or something, and he, like, bought a horse. Or I, this is so <laughs> long ago, so I barely remember this. <laughs> but he bought a horse, and he <laughs> he's like, well, I guess I got to get this horse back or something, and... I don't, something like he ended up like buying like a trailer and then like a guy offered him a better deal or something. And then he bought like three horses and then a guy offered him a better deal. And he got like a whole, like he had like a whole ranch of horses. Then it was like something crazy. I'm like, that seems kind of fake, but it really (laughs) happened, man. He's, he's, um, quite the interesting guy. He's, he's almost like the Dos guy, the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. That's Jay Robinson. (laughs) <laughs> I can see that. I mean, he he's had so many experiences. Like he went to Crazy, man. Oklahoma State, then he was in the the military, then he was Gable's right-hand man for like 10, yep. 12 years, then he goes to Minnesota, turns them around from oblivion into a national contender. I mean, yep. what a guy. Um yep. What did he ever talk about Gable? Um he would, you know, in a positive way too. He'd be like talking about how how hard he wrestled. This is what you need to do, you know, like if you want to wrestle like a Minnesota guy you need to like always put pressure on guys and and stuff like that you know he was a really good coach man he was he was very like made me like see things a little differently like more like concepts you know instead of like moves you know he was more of a concept guy like you got to do this you know and principles and stuff like that and I think that really developed me as a, a wrestler you know it wasn't it wasn't more so about like a certain technique maybe is more of like, you know, a way of doing things Mm -hmm. and, and like being your own coach and, and learning how to like, 
figure things out and, you know, kind of like that. And I'm very thankful for having him as a coach, you know. Because he's like as intense as self-motivated as they come, right? Jay? Yeah. 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 He's, you know, he's not like super like rah, 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 but he's very um, motivational. And I think that he, he knows you as a wrestler, like what motivates you, you know, he's like, Oh, you want to do this? Well, then you got to do that. You know? And it's like, damn, he's right. I got to go do that right now. Like, you know, so he's, he's very much like that. And another thing about him is he always like, he didn't just try to develop you as a wrestler. Like he, he always like tried to develop you as like a person too, you know, like he'd talk about money, how to save money. He made us read books and like write reports on him on all sorts of stuff, but is very, um, very awesome. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we'd go somewhere for a wrestling trip, he made sure that we went to like, say we went to California for a wrestling trip and wrestled a couple of teams. He made sure that we went to like universal studios or the beach or Venice beach to see it. Like he was about life experiences too, you know, and which was pretty cool. You know, otherwise I would have been like, no, I'm just ready. I'm just here to wrestle, you know, but right. he made sure that we stayed a day after to go do a bunch of cool stuff just for our own, you know, development. Absolutely. I mean, that's cool that he does that. And the, the point about him knowing each guy individually, a lot of people say that about Gable. And so, mm -hmm. like, you think, like, those two together, what an unstoppable force, right? Yeah. When, when they were together in the 80s. Because everyone said Jay was the technique guy, um, and Gable was kind of like the CEO, but Jay had a huge influence on recruiting and technique. And so mm -hmm. you can only imagine what it was like when he got to Minnesota and he was running the show. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it wasn't just him, you know, he had, a, he put, like, he always says is like, I'm good at getting good people around me, but you know, it's that staff was awesome. Like, well, I don't yeah. know if Mark Schwab was still there when you were there. Um, he, he, um, he was gone by then, but he did come back for a year to go back to grad school for his sports psych stuff. Yeah. So he worked with us for my sophomore year of college. And honestly, it was like it was meant to be or something because that's probably the year I needed him the most as far as like mental training and, and skills and stuff. It's like I developed a lot there and a lot of the stuff that he taught me, honestly, like I still use to this day when I compete. Like, really? Yeah. So what? Kinda... that's a good point to fast forward to college. So high school, five-time state champ, you win everything there is to win. You win Fargo, you triple crown. I mean, you had to be feeling really good going into college. And I read – that there was a point in your freshman year where you kind of realized, man, this shit's hard. Like school's a little bit harder. There was a transition. I mean, did you yeah. did you go through that transition like everybody else? And if so, what was it like? Ah, uh, for sure. Um, you know, I knew it was going to be hard. I I mean, my dad told me like from day one, he's like, this is going to be something crazy. You know, like something you haven't experienced yet. And so like even my senior year of high school, I got up every morning and worked out super hard just to get ready for college. Honestly, I wasn't. At that really? point, I was like, kind of like, all right, high school is going to be easy this year. Like the high school yeah. season, I got to make sure I'm like still progressing. So, you know, like I'd set different goals, like, you know, pin or tech everybody or, you know, um, one of them was like get up every morning and work out pretty much. So I'd get up every morning and do an extra workout before school and just get used to working out in the morning because I hated working out in the morning. <laughs> what would you do? I, if that I would I'd, your senior year. I'd ride this little airdyne like bike we had in our basement. And um, if it was nice out, I'd go for a run and then do pull-ups and push-ups and stuff like that. And then um, a lot of stuff like that. 
you know, when you grow up in small town Minnesota, you got to be creative because I was the only person who wrestled outside of the season in our town, you know, so. Um, so you were but, doing that stuff getting ready. I mean, you were ultra intense in high school. Um, and so, but even when you, even with all this preparation, you get there and then is there like a moment you can point to or do you remember maybe a time where it was just kind of getting to you? I mean, because you, you were you probably a pretty small guy going into it, right? I mean, did you win right away? Um, I had some brutal butt kickings from like Jason Ness and Mac Ryder. That's for sure. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when I went to college, I just, I was, I was really small. I wasn't quite big enough. I feel like I felt like I was, you know, like physical and stuff. I just wasn't quite big enough. You know, I went to call, I think I graduated high school. I weighed 125. Okay. And I remember going there and just, it wasn't even like the wrestling practices that probably was the toughest thing. It was everything combined. You know, it was the early mornings and we'd have to work out at 6.15 every morning for the first six weeks and it'd be like really hard. And then, you know, then I go to class at eight until practice. And I, I remember my freshman year, every class, the like entire year, I fell asleep for like five minutes probably, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is not good to say as a college coach now to our guys, but that's why it's super important to, um, you know, do the little things right and get a lot of rest and, and stay on top of the little things so that, you know, you can just save a little wear and tear on you down the road. But, and as a red shirt at Minnesota, when the like big 10 season starts going, they, they used to try to kill you. You know, it was like crazy workouts. Like every day, you Even know, we do wrestling. If you weren't, if you were red shirting, yeah. you had extra stuff. During you know? the Big so, Tens. During the Big Ten season, yeah. Oh, so, like, all the season. duels, okay. you know, gotcha. like, all the extra stuff, <laughs> extra stuff, like, on top of. So, you know, it'd be, like, guys done. Uh, guys that are competing this weekend, you guys are done. Everyone else, a 30-minute period. Ready? You know, it was, like, stuff like that every day. It was It was crazy. And I remember thinking, I'm, like, oh, my gosh. Like, like looking back now, it's, like, I'm a little older. I, I I don't think I could go through that again. But at the same time, it's like that's what really helps you become close with the people that you're around. You know, it you go through those hard times together, and it's like you talk about them together, and like, man, we did that, you know. And it, <laughs> so it wasn't uncommon to have Jay shout out a 30 minute period, though. Oh, my freshman year of college. There's probably in the fall, like probably twice a week, we do like a 50 minute period. <laughs> so it was Dang. like, yeah, that, that was, I remember like my first practice, I went with Jason Ness and it was a 50 minute period. And I was in a half Nelson probably for 20 of those minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's, and there's nothing worse than. When someone's on top like that and you're getting a road, it's so frustrating. Oh, and those was, guys are brutal on top, right? Yeah, Jason was like a blanket on top, man. You, Honestly, I don't even know if I could get away with I don't know if I got away from him more than five times the entire year without him letting me go. <laughs> you know. And then and, going into your fresh your, uh, I guess your, I never understood this. Do people call your first year your freshman year or the second year your redshirt year? Um, Your first year? is your red shirt year. Okay. That's the year you don't compete as right. 
a Minnesota wrestler. But I just didn't know what they called it, though. If that's your freshman, some people call it their redshirt freshman when they're competing. But um, yep, redshirt freshman is the first year that you're okay. in the lineup. So, so that year, you're feeling good. You're in the lineup. What is the battle with the Sanders and the Charlie Falk family? I gotta know this, dude. Is uh, it true he beat your brother in high school? He beat my brother in high school a couple times. Um, honestly, it's not like anything. No hatred or anything. No. I don't think you know it. It's, it's fun, just. Though. It's fun though. Yeah, it's um, you know, I liked actually watching him too when he was in Minnesota. I remember, he was like aggressive and he was like one of the top dogs in the state too. You know, so. It was just cool that I got to watch him wrestle. And then he, like, obviously when him and my brother would wrestle, he beat my brother a couple times. But my brother beat the guy that could beat him. <laughs> but, you know, it was kind of like. Who was that third guy? Ah, uh, there's a guy from Simley that was pretty tough. I don't even remember his name. Okay. But I think he beat Falk a couple times. Um, But well, my brother, brother lost. Beat him, though. Falk, though? My brother lost to Falk, though. Okay. And my brother beat the other guy, though. So it was, it was kind of like a. A weird you know thing but um yeah so he beat my brother and then uh you know in college uh he was a senior when I was a freshman and he was the Iowa guy and I actually upset him in the dual meet in Carver Hawkeye and I remember the papers like I was talking to someone or something I'm like yeah it's kind of cool I did that one for my brother I, you know I just threw it out there and uh absolutely how many times yeah. did Falk win state in Minnesota uh, four, I believe. So he was four. like a, a big name coming up. Like he was yeah, he guys. was. Yeah, he was one of the big uh, Minnesota guys. I think he was the Mister Minnesota wrestler his senior year. Okay. Too. So. But he's quite a bit older than you, right? Because you said your brother's four years apart, so he's older. He goes yep. to Iowa. He's in the lineup as a senior. You go into mm -hmm. Carver Hawkeye as a freshman. I mean, did is it true that you get the the Carver jitters at all, or did you not really feel that going into that match? I didn't really feel it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I just, I was just excited to wrestle, you know, at that point, you know, it was the big 10 season. So it's like, I'm wrestling guys like Escobedo, uh, Brandon Priest and Charlie Falk, you know, like, like all weekends in a row. So it was like, I remember losing to Escobedo by one Priest and by one, I'm like, God, I got to win one of these big matches and being mad at myself, you know, like I. I'm right there. I got a breakthrough, and then I think I remember beating Falk by one point in the dual meet. So that was kind of my breakthrough moment in a way, you know. Dude, that takedown in the last ten seconds—that's that was crazy. Yeah. There's no I, there's no announcer for that duel. There's no you can't really and there's no scoreboard, right? So it's kind of reminds me of watching wrestling in the early 2000s. You kind of had a piece to sort together in your head. Yeah. But from what I could tell, watching it, you were down by one, and then with like 15 seconds left, you took him down, right? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I was down and I just, I don't know. I just, uh, put like a couple attacks together and came away with the victory. So it was, it was pretty cool. You know, it, I, I kind of knew though at the time I'm like, all right, well, this is just a dual meet. You know, the big thing is big tens and NCAAs. So I actually wrestled him better. I felt like at the big 10 tournament, but I lost, I thought he kind of controlled me in the first match and, and he won, and I won, and then I felt like I controlled him in the second match, and he won. It was like, gosh. Yeah. So, and then the third match was the round of 12 at NCAAs, the blood round. So, 
That one, um, well, I actually rode him the whole third period to win that one. That was pretty cool. What were you thinking going into that match? Because you seem like a guy where you do everything right, you live the right lifestyle. So I'd love to know what some of your mental tactics are. Maybe at that point you hadn't developed them since you hadn't met Schwab yet, but yeah, what are you thinking before a match like that, round of 12 against Falk, your freshman You know, year? just the same thing. Just put pressure on him. I wrestled him really hard the first two matches. Um and I don't think I needed to change much. You know, I kind of tried to go forward. And and um, in all three matches, he took me down right away in the first period. And I just stayed on him. Like, he, I think I won like five to two or something. But that was the only two points he got okay. in the match. So. Um, that had to be a huge moment, man. Yeah, it was honestly at the time it felt like accumulation of everything I've ever done was to be an all-american in college you know what i mean like i didn't when i was a kid obviously you kind of think about wrestling in the olympics and stuff like that but like at the time i just wanted to be an ncaa champion like when i was a little kid you know what i mean because folk style wrestling was my favorite and you know so it's at the time it was a big deal for me it was awesome it was awesome i mean as a freshman going in seated like 11th or 9th or it was something like that right you weren't seated in the top eight to come in there and and win like that is pretty amazing, dude. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I knew I had the ability. I just, you know, had to make it happen. Dude. So. And it, would you say that's kind of your style? Is like, It's almost like a Brands Iowa style, just total pressure kind of going at him the whole time. That Would you say that describes your style? Yeah, I try to wrestle hard. And, um, you know, that's – it. I wouldn't say it's, um, you know, like the Iowa style or whatever, you know, but obviously – Jay Robinson had an influence on it a little bit. And, you know, even all the coaches I wrestled for in college wrestled under Jay, you know. So it was yeah. kind of all those guys had that same mentality, you know. And, and, you know, Minnesota and Iowa are probably fairly similar in in the way we approach things. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of how I've always wrestled my whole life, you know, is just be aggressive and score as many points as you can and beat the guy as bad as you can regardless of, you know, how much you outmatch the other guy doesn't matter. Just, you know, if they're going to step foot on the mat with you, you just got to take it to them. I love it, man. And you said something earlier that I wanted to go back to. Is your sophomore year is when you started working with Mark Schwab, and you said that's when you needed it the most. What mm -hmm. made you say that, and what do you remember from working with Mark Schwab? I, I felt like, you know, it was kind of a weird year where I was wrestling really well, and then I actually – um I had a high ankle sprain kind of like with a month left of the season, like about the end of January, I, I sprained my ankle and it was like, holy cow, that was like the most stressful thing I've ever been through. Cause I've never been hurt at that point pretty right. much ever. And, uh, it's like an ankle it, sprain. You think, well, you gotta, you gotta be able to work through yeah. that. Right. But it's just so painful. Yeah. It was just very mentally challenging for me because honestly, it's one thing I'd never gone through before at the time. And, a lot of the things, just like the mental prep and stuff that, that I would meet with him like once a week, like before that. And the stuff that we talked about leading up to that, you know, it was like, man, that was like put in place at the perfect time that I could work on these mental skills. And um, yeah, it was, it was very stressful just because I knew the time was running down in the season and I had to get that thing healthy. I'd ice my ankle like 20 times a day at the house, you know, and <laughs> just to try and do whatever I could. But I think I kind of tweaked it in every match the rest of the year, just a little bit, you know, so it's very challenging. Um, 
I just had to stay positive. I actually lost the first round of the NCAA tournament that year and then won my next like five matches or something. And, uh, and a lot of that, I think I credit to Mark Schwab as far as, you know, just don't worry about like who it is or what's next. Just, you know, what's ever in front of you, that's the situation and, you know, stuff like that. I love his mental climate talk. Like he talks a lot about your mental climate, um, and just kind of keeping that positive and keeping that focused on the present. I, I really enjoy talking yeah. to that guy. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, one of the things that really motivated me too was he brought in this kid who had cancer. And uh, obviously the kid was like a, a wrestler. And, you know, it's like, man, this kid's fighting for his life and I'm just fighting for a sprained ankle. You know what I mean? Like, puts it into perspective. It's, it's a, it put things into perspective big time. And, and then I remember losing at the NCAA tournament and feeling sorry for myself. And it's like, I just made a decision in my head. Like I kind of like snapped my fingers and I'm like, who cares? I'm just going to fight whatever's in front of me. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like this, like I'll, I'll wrestle for this little kid. You know what I mean? Like this kid's just trying to live, you know? kind of that mentality and that's honestly what kind of motivated me the rest of that tournament and uh i credit that to him that's amazing it's it's true though i mean you you get sucked up watching the ncaa finals and you're like man you feel for that guy or this you know this person but then you think to your point you have a real catastrophe in your life mom dies dad dies whatever it's all yep. it's all perspective you know it's all just it's yep. for fun it's i mean it's life in it's not life and death, but it kind of is to guys like you or guys who are wrestling on that level because you put so much into it. But yeah, the reality is that it's not, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I think as I'm getting older too, I'm starting to re-realize that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I've been doing this sport for like 25 years, you know, and it's like, man, it's like, I at this point, it's almost like I'm just doing it because I love it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I. I love nothing more than like competition day. That's my absolute favorite, you know, so really stuff like that. Yeah. What's your competition day routine? Like if it's, do you have a set thing you do every day you compete? Um, it's fairly similar, but I, you know, I mean, nothing sticks out in my head that I have to do. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a good warm up, and, um, but you're not one you of know, those dudes who wakes up and he does these five things every time you, you just kind of feel, feel good about yourself and get out there. Yeah, I mean, the things I do are really similar. I mean, I guess I weigh in and then I eat probably similar things and warm up about a decent amount of time before my match, you know, just like the same routine kind of like that, but not like, I mean, I don't know, like, I can't really think of anything too specific. Um, What do you love about competing like that? Because a lot of guys seem like they like, the process as much as the competition, but you seem like you really love, like you said, competition. What is it about it? It's just competition. It's like my adrenaline rush. You know, some people like to climb mountains or, you know, skydive or something. I just, I guess I get my kicks out of just wrestling and, and, uh, you know, it's like, I, I do like the process too. Don't get me wrong. I really right. like developing new skills and I think that's always fun and, and kind of something that, you know, keeps you into it. But, the competition's just icing on the cake, you know. It's the it's the thing that I really like. It's almost like, man, I got to go through all these like practices. That's the cool thing about college is you get to wrestle every weekend. You know, internationally, you might wrestle like once every couple months. Right. So it's like you really got to make sure it count. You make it count when you get the chance, you know. And 
And the wrestlebacks, you don't get that many wrestlebacks either. If something happens on the front side, yeah. you're done. And you're done, though. Yeah, it's 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 not very forgiving. <laughs> it's like you look at the guys who go to your Regan and they go zero and one. It's like shit. They just went twenty three hours to Crest yeah. New York and they get one match because their guy lost next. I mean. Yep. Hopefully they're doing some kind of exhibitions, but I don't know if they do that at the senior level. I don't no, know. Very rarely. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's exactly like that's – I've done that a few times. gone overseas and went 0-1, so it's, it's – It's tough, dude. Yeah, What was the tough. year you did – because i got to think this is probably like one of your dream ways to spend a month. You did Big Tens, Russia, Nationals, all within yep. like two weeks? What yeah, was that, that story? That was last um, – that last spring, actually, um, we had the Big Ten Championships in Minnesota. I flew out the next day for Yakuts Russia in the World Cup. And then I didn't even go home. I flew straight from there to Pittsburgh for the NCAA tournament. So I had to pack my bag, and I sent with the Gophers for the <laughs> the coaching stuff that I had. And then I had a bag for the wrestling trip too. So it was, it was an adventure. It was awesome. And, and honestly, that's like one of the first times I feel like I've, I actually only got, I wrestled two matches and I lost both of them, but they're really close. And I remember thinking I competed at a high level and stuff. And I was like, I was, I was actually pretty satisfied Mm -hmm. just like the camaraderie with all the guys and stuff. And, and I fought hard and stuff. So I was, my effort was there. And I felt good. I just, you know, I just didn't win. So I was like, I remember thinking, I'm like, man, I can't believe I've ever felt this good about losing two matches before, <laughs> you know. Well, and I could have easily won both of them, you know, but it's just, How like I said, I was just happy. Matches, that... dude. What's that? How close? I mean, at that level, it's inches. Yeah. It's milliseconds, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, everyone's good. It's, you just got to find a way to win, you know, so. And last thing I wanted to ask you about is now that you're a coach, I know you were a guy as an athlete who was super organized, really planned. You watched film all the time, just obsessed with it. How do you kind of change your goals from planning yourself to planning for your guys? Are you still that into it, or do you kind of let them come to you? Um, you know, I definitely have a plan um, as far as, like, coaching and, and wrestling. I don't just, you know, go to work each day and, and not really have a plan. Um, I know areas that I need to get better at, mm-hmm. and then – I try to make it go hand in hand, if that makes sense. Like I try to like a lot of the areas that I need to work on. It's like, if I can show this guy, it kind of shortcuts him like a, like, you know, 10 years of struggle. Right. If I'm like, Hey, this is what you need to focus on and and just be direct with it. You know, I think it's easy for guys to buy in just because I'm still competing. And I'm like, this is, I tell them like, this is like what I'm working on and you need to work on this too. Or, you know kind of (laughs) yeah yeah exactly you know and it's like and again I'm not like more like you need to do a single leg because I do a single leg or anything like that it's more like concepts j-rob style you know what I mean like um you know your head's got to come up or you know I mean you're you're stronger in this position we got to get to this position what can we okay we get to this position we get to our underhook what can we flow to from there you know Mm mm-hmm and what can we develop from that, you know? More position wrestling than probably actual technique. Gotcha. Now that's – I just can imagine how different it must – well, you're doing both still, so that's a little bit – you're kind of still bordering that line, but you talk to guys who are assistants who used to wrestle, and they're like first or second year assistants. It's a little bit mm-hmm. of a change to go from focusing on yourself to focusing on other people the whole time, right? So it's yeah. 
couldn't be more yeah. opposite in my opinion of what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And you know, a lot of things I do, I think they see me doing extra stuff. You know, I try to be a good example in that way and, and just let them see me do the things that I do and why I do them. You know, it's like, I think a lot of times guys just do things because they're told they don't understand what they're doing, doing them for, you know? So if you're like your own, you are like your own best coach. So if you can like, you know, why am I doing this? You know, what's the reasoning behind this? You should always know that while you're doing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, I feel like what Jay made me like realize, you know, it's like, well, why am I doing this? What's the point of it? You know, like, oh, this is what I'm developing here. You know, right. You don't just do something because you're told, you know, if you can like, I love that quote. It's kind of cheesy, but it's like, give a man a fish. He eats for a day, teach a man how to fish, you know, and he eats for a lifetime. And it's so true, you know, like teach a guy how to like get better, teach a guy how to like develop, you know, and then, um, question things and then maybe change things on his own. And I'm okay with that. I just, you know, I just want them to realize that, you know, like take things in your own hands a little bit. And, and I think that's honestly kind of stemming back to what we were talking about right away is like those guys in Dagestan, like they don't have quite as much structure as we do. And I think they kind of develop from that, you know, and they, develop their own little creativity to things and yeah and and whatnot and I I think honestly looking back at my development growing up in a small town you know I didn't I wasn't always around you know like the city the twin cities I wasn't around like everybody like everyone else was so I had to like do be creative you know I chopped a lot of wood and I climbed a lot of rope and random stuff like that absolutely and I think that helped me a lot you know um it's cool but, that you say Jay encouraged that because sometimes you hear stories about Jay being so military, you know, militaristic mm -hmm. that I wouldn't think he'd encourage that kind of like free thinking or exploration. I would think he's like more, no, you do it because I say you do it. But he was, sounds like he was kind of the opposite of that. He yeah. would encourage you to think and really understand yeah. why. Yeah. Well, you know, he was very military. Like he, you know, as far as we had to be on time, we had to do things, you know, we had to like so much was required, but what's required isn't enough to be the best. You know what I mean? What happened so you if gotta... you showed up late to a Jay Robinson practice? <laughs> um, I remember being a freshman. I mean, people showed up late. And, I mean, depends upon the time of the year and what the situation is. You know, some people had class, so it's they could get away with it. Or, you know, mm -hmm. if they're a little late and everyone knew they were going to be a little late because of class. But um, I remember one time it was the spring, it was a spring practice and some guys came down late and honestly, it might not even been Jay. It might've been Joe Russell, but I remember like them coming down the stairs and they're probably like three or four minutes late. And I remember, uh, like, well, you guys, uh, he said it too, like kind of casual. He's like, uh, you guys are late. And they're like, yeah, we know, we know. It's like, okay, well, uh, go get your running shoes on. You got, you got some river road stairs. And they had to go to River Road Stairs, which in Minnesota, there's this thing that's like 13 flights of stairs along the Mississippi River Bank. Yeah. And it's like a brutal workout like we do. So it's like those guys had to run over there and do these River Road Stairs where we got to wrestle. You know, it's like wrestling's hard, but it's fun. You know, yeah. River Road Stairs is hard, but it's not as fun, you know. Even as a freshman, I mean, even in the spring workout, he kept that discipline. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So now, like, every once in a while, when the guys are – like something happened or someone's like a little late from class or something. I'll be like, guess what? You got river road stairs today. <laughs> but I don't make them go do them. You know, I just 
trying to be funny. Right. Well, last thing I'll ask you as we sign off here, and we ask everyone this, how, did, how has wrestling changed your life? It can be what values have you learned from it? How has it shaped yeah. you? And you're still wrestling, so it's a little bit different. But what do you think about that? How do you? Yeah, I, well, it's crazy to think about because I don't, I don't know what my life would be like without wrestling. Like I don't even remember starting, you know, any of that. Um, but it's it's been awesome, man. It's it's given me a lot of direction in life, and it's given me goals and purpose and and all that. Um, you know, just. Probably one of the biggest things I've really been looking back on is just the relationships I've built from the sport and the people I've got to be around, which is pretty amazing. Like the high-level people, like we talk about, like Brandon Agum, you know, um, Luke Becker, Trevor Branville, Jay Robinson, you know, like Jared Lawrence, Marty Morgan, like all these crazy people that I looked up to as a kid, like Leroy Vega, you know, like, and I get to be around them and learn from them. And then, um, and just the brotherhood, like, you know, all the teammates I've had in the past is, is awesome. And even the guys that I'm still wrestling with, you know, now to this day, like, you know, Sean Russell, Dan DeShazer, Hayden Zilmer, Nazar, you know, like mm-hmm. Dustin Schlater, like all those guys are just amazing people. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool that, you know, when you go through like hard things together, like you get closer. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, when I think of Minnesota wrestling, I think of all these amazing people that I've got to be around for many years. And, and that's just part of it. You know, I've got to travel the world and see like places that I never would have went to if it wasn't for wrestling. And, you know, and it just makes you be more thankful to be an American, to be honest with you. And, um, all sorts of things, man. It's, it's given me a lot of adventure. We'll say that. (laughs) Dude, it's like, you think about the relationships and you think about the average guy, if they meet one person in their life that's as motivated and driven as a Marty Morgan or a J-Rob or a Zach Sanders, they're lucky. You're bumping mm-hmm. elbows with them for freaking 10 years straight every day. That's all you know. It's so like your level yeah. of – your standard of excellence goes way up because of Yeah, that. for sure, without a doubt. And it's like – and, you know, like when you get competitive and you're trying to improve and stuff, you kind of take it for granted sometimes and you just like take a step back and look at it every once in a while. And you're like, wow, this is – I can't believe this is what I'm doing right now for a living. Like I get to, I'm in Michigan right now getting our guys ready to compete and I'm watching film. It's like, I couldn't imagine like having a desk job. I'd still be watching film probably, but like (laughs) trying to like sneak it in. So the boss didn't see me, but no, that's my job. So I get to do that. You know, noon on Friday, you're in a hotel room watching wrestling. You're living the dream, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Awesome, dude. Well, it's been an honor to have you on the show. I look forward to meeting at the Nationals here, and best of luck this weekend, brother. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, too. I'm a big fan of this podcast. so That means a lot, man. Awesome. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, man. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.